This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday week. Uh, we are back again. This is not Dan Fudge. This is uh, someone else who goes to the gym. Um, but no, it isn't Dan Fudge. It's um, heavier than Fudge. I, I, well, I, I should have announced myself as Dan Fudge's nutritionist and programmer and personal trainer, but I missed that opportunity. <laughs> When can you get him to sit in a bin? We could try. We could try. He's got the bloody lid. As you've heard, I've got Vic with me as well as Stevie. How are we? All good. All good, mate. All good. Yeah. Right, so we've got Rotherham to talk about to start with on Sunday, Ah. last Sunday. What to say? We uh, just not taking his chances, Stevie, with his costas. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, I think it was a frustrating afternoon in the sense that we'd been on a, a decent run. Um, and I've said on previous podcasts, previous recordings that we've had, um, if you look before the Burton game, if we could, we, we'd have said if we could have taken five points at that stage at the next three games, I think we'd have been relatively satisfied. We've ended up taking six from... Wigan, Rotherham and Burton. It's just unfortunate in, in terms of the circumstances and losing the game in the manner that we did on Sunday because we weren't outplayed. Um, I don't think they were the better side. Um, we talked at length last week about, you know, people that we know and associate with that are from, you know, the Rotherham neck of the woods and it was their cup final. I'm not going to mention whether or not it was a derby. It wasn't a derby. Um, wasn't a derby. I can't wait uh, for this weekend's derby. <laughs> this massive derby this weekend. Absolutely huge. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, from a performance point of view, I was, I was pleased, I was satisfied. Um, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm starting to sound like Darren Moore already, uh, in the sense um. that um, we wanted to win the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 we came out of the traps and we matched them um, for, for, for the majority of the game. And I think they've admitted that. Warns come out and for, for whatever you want to say about Rotherham, I, th- I think their manager's top draw. Um, he's got them set up well. He, he knows how to get this team out of the league and they are 
realistically they're going to win the league at a canter this year, aren't they? Um, and I think for large portions of the game, um, we, we, we've matched them. It's just, as you said, Ben, we, you know, when we've had our opportunities of which we have more than them, um, we've not taken them and they've taken the two chances that they've had, albeit from set pieces. There were two, I think, scrappy goals. Um, I don't necessarily agree that the first one was a corner, um, but we're, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that in the discussion in the next few minutes. But um, I just felt really sort of deflated after the first goal because you know that when we had performed in the way that we performed and missed the chances that we'd missed, once they'd gone in front, there, there was no coming back from it. It was just one of those afternoons and it was more likely to be 2-0 than one all or 2-1 to us. Yeah, and despite that, despite us going 1-0 down and thinking we're probably not going to get back into it, we quite feasibly could add with Mendes Lang's chance. I think that was at 1-0 down. Um, and do you think that Vic was just symbolic of us missing Windass and Gregory up top? And for as good as Mendes Lang's been, yeah, he's better... 25 yards out from goal on an angle where he's cut inside the one-on-one. Um, Absolutely. And he's been made a total scapegoat over that. Um, it seems to have been everything that people have moaned about has been that one-on-one. It's like, that's not what he's there for. Like, he's literally trying to pick up the pieces because, like you said, we've not got Windass and Gregory. And we've talked a million times about the, how scary it is when you rely on one key player. We had it with Forestieri. We had it with Hooper. We had it with Fletcher. And now we've got it with two key players who we're really missing. And it's to have both of them out is going to be at our detriment. And I think, you know, Paul Warren said afterwards he was he was pleased to win, but he wasn't buzzing. And I think that sums it up. Like you can look at possession and that was pretty even, but everything else was in our favour. And I think that was one of the best I've seen us play this season, in all honesty. And I think we really, really didn't deserve that. Um, I think it was some dodgy defending for the set piece. Uh, but other than that, I think it was very, very unfortunate. I just think, yeah, it's taking chances. It's relying on Camberry, who I I struggle to slate because I think he really, really tries. He just doesn't have, and people are going to laugh when I say this, but he doesn't have the end product that Newhue had. He has all the effort and the stands and, the, and more speed than Newhue, but he doesn't seem to chip in with those tappings or corners that end up being a shot on target and all these things, he just doesn't seem to have that. He, for, for me, just generally, he doesn't seem to have the, the same quality, to be honest. And he, as you say, he does work hard. Yes, he makes some intelligent runs at times, but he never, for me, and again, I don't want to slate him because he's, he's doing all right and he's not first choice for a reason. He's not, he's not a goal scorer for a reason. He does what he does and that, that that's going to be him. I can't see him sort of coming good at any point that but you know he'll give us what he's got. Um Steve here you've been a little bit same as me with Canberra. We 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 just seem very light. We we I mean same with Patterson really. I thought he had an half decent game. Yeah I thought he was all right. I was trying to think then who was his partner up top and obviously but, Silla was on the bench wasn't he? And um it's you know I think He's not had the time probably that he needs to make a, a show of things because when he has played, there was a game, I can't think who we played now, but he was outstanding at home. Um, Plymouth, maybe? Was it Plymouth? Possibly. There was one game that we were raving about him um, and he scored. And I just think, yeah, but again, is he a starter? And I thought, to be honest, I've said that about Windass. Like, I don't know if for me, I would start Windass week in, week out. I would still... Mm. 
I think you've got to. I think he has more impact as a sub. Um, but maybe that's just because he's not been 100% and obviously yeah, COVID allegedly and all this. So maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we just didn't take those chances that we should have taken and that, to be honest, were handed on a plate because I thought they were shocking at centre-half. How Richard Wood was even touted about as man of the match, I will. Ne- I thought he was absolutely shocking. But I did notice, Stevie, you'll like this, Liam Palmer obviously hates Richard Wood. And they were always like, when they were back at Wednesday in the day, they were always like quite close and they were in the same academy and everything else. But when Woody's... Um, when Richard Wood's nose was bleeding quite profusely and he was denying it and we could literally see it from halfway up North Stand. I could have seen it from the attic window and he was just pouring with blood. It was Liam Palmer that marched straight over to the referee and snitched on him. And then he he did it again later on about something else. And I just thought, yeah, Palms hate you right now. Unless they'd just had some sort of banter beforehand and he was like, I'm going to get you in trouble. But it really felt like a kid telling on another kid in class. Uh, but I thought Wood was terrible. I thought their defence was awful. I, di- I didn't see anything out of their defence that made me think, oh, God, that's a, a championship winning. And people will laugh and, you know, say it doesn't matter, they're top of the league and they're, they're, they're winning it at a counter. I think their goal difference is now just under 39 goal differences, scoring goals for fun and they're keeping clean sheets and, and fair play to them. It's done and dusted now in terms of Rotherham, in terms of, the, the, you know, our encounters with them. We're not going to catch them, so be it. Um, I, I wasn't impressed by Wood. I think um, to that point, I think what their backline actually did it made it made our backline in terms of Palmer and Story to an extent, but certainly Palmer playing those true balls and balls over the top uh, to, to people like Patterson to run onto. There were there, there were opportunities there for us to get into positions, and on another day with a, a Windass or a Gregory, I think we absolutely would it would have been a different result. Uh, at the end of the day, the the lads that played up top on Sunday. Um, I don't think either one of them would claim to be an out-and-out striker or a goal scorer. I think Mendes Lang has got the, the the ability to to score good goals, but he's not a he's not a line leading centre forward, and I don't think Patterson is either. And I think that's the problem that we've got because when you look further down, you you, you look down the bench and <laughs> Camberry, Silla, and Berino are sitting on the bench. Um, we're chasing a game at two 0 down, and Moore has only made two substitutions. Um, He's looked at, he's started a guy who, to my recollection in, in Patson, believes he's a right back. Yeah. Uh, Save a position is right back. We, we, we've played a lad who we've signed as a wing back, and we've got three centre forwards who are centre forwards. All right, albeit Silasau thinks he's uh, a winger stro- uh, stroke striker, but we've gone with two lads in front of those three lads. I think it's a damning indictment on where Moore is with Berahino in particular, that a game that we're chasing, he's not even looked at getting him off the bench. Oh, he didn't even think about bringing him on, did he? And I think, no. yeah, that, that to me says a lot about it. Um, Richard Wood, by the way, is 36 years old. Give it he, up, man. He, Just... he looks every minute of 36 <laughs> he years He does, old. but he's proper hench now. He was never like that at Wednesday, was he? He was always a little twig. But uh, he left us 12 years ago. I, I watched him, um, I bet that's four years ago now, for, for Rotherham against Sheffield FC in the pre-season friendly. And he looked wooden then. Like yeah. Four years ago, he'd have been 32, and he, he looked like he was struggling then. I mean, you know... And that's it, no age, Ben. That's, you know, that's still in his youth, to be honest. <laughs> well, I suppose he's going to be part, most likely, of a... He's going to lead aside to... He's going he's to he's lift the trophy, into. He's going to yeah. lead 
one title. And, and again, I'll say it, fair play to him. I think when he was at ours, um, off the top of my head now, I'm going. we're going back 12 years, I can't remember the centre-halves uh, that were, were in and around it, but I, he always struck me as being a solid. He's your, he's your league football representation of a North East County centre-half. He's, he's what uh, Fudge would refer to week in, week out as a shit-kicker. He can't play. Yeah. He's going to give the ball. He's going to read he's the header, game. Yeah. He's going to give it. Um, and, you know, if he's made a career out of that, this is... And I honestly believe this is the level that he's at and I've got no criticism towards him for that. But um, I don't think he was man of the match. I think, you know, moving on from from, from their back line and, and Richard Wood, I think the, the the nosebleed incident where the physios ran on, to, to as far as I was aware, I, I wasn't aware that they were they were waved on or, or rushed onto the pitch. They just ran onto it. And I think there's been a lot of discussion around how good or how effective the officials were the other day. I think the moment that the first goal went in, you know, we they've shithoused us to, to a point in terms of what Rotherham have done in terms of their game management. And I'm not saying that we wouldn't do the same or, you know, other teams don't do it. I just think that was a, a sort of a watershed moment where from that point on, it was just slow the game down, slow timing, time wasting. The referee wasn't ushering anybody on. Uh, the goalkeeper was taking the piss in terms of restarting the game. They, we, we have players on, on restarts that were just walking towards the ball. They, 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 they managed the game expertly, if you like, but were never put under any sort of onus to, to, to move it on. And I think that was an issue that I had uh, yeah. with the officials on Sunday. I thought they were a real, they were poor. And I know that... I think I shared a tweet yesterday with uh, was it Alan Biggs has said he's he's oh. had a chat with somebody ITK who thinks that he's a Wednesday fan and he's a league referee. Oh yeah, who could that be? Could that possibly be? <laughs> in my eyes, that whoever it was is 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 on the juice somewhere because I thought they were terrible on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it was that point when they went in front. He, he lost control at game um, for me, but. That it was the first goal that re really was a big decision that he got wrong. Nothing else really cost us anything that, that he did after that except wasting a little bit of time. That on a lighter note, the player that I would go pick out really that I thought would have been man of the match and Sky were never going to give it him because he didn't, he went on the winning side. But Marvin Johnson, oh the, amazing! The, the number the number of good crosses, perfect crosses that were causing all sorts of problems. That if we did have Gregory or Windass and we do have to keep saying it because it's it's a fact. If we had one of those or another striker was going to be in there to to not to, ten years ago we had Ryan Lowe had put had put two or three in probably on last Sunday because of the balls that Marvin Johnson would put in, whether it were were from deep from getting to the byline from whipping it in along the floor across. The, the the Rotherham back four across across the face of goal. There were a good three or four goals to, to be had just through that. Forget the one on ones. Forget Patterson going yeah. through one on one and not being able to get across to Mendes line. There were probably three good chances at least from from Marvin Johnson's deliveries. I think what's interesting about Marvin Johnson is that I think if it hadn't have been for the pandemic, he would still be playing a league above absolutely because. He, he was shafted by that. I remember at Middlesbrough, he, he signed the extension that a few people like, was it Fletcher and that didn't sign it for us? Um, he signed that and then he got another year and then obviously we were in and out of the pandemic and Middlesbrough just let like quite a few people just go. And I think that really did screw him over because I think he probably had another couple of years left in the championship. I know he's probably another one that's over 30, 
Um, but I do think he had that in him, uh, which is our our bonus as well. Right, we'll move on from that. Oh, oh, quickly, can I just mention one thing? Barry Bannon did a different corner. <laughs> right? Barry Bannon took a corner and passed it to Jack Hunt, who was in so much space. He was still oh, in the box, but he was in so much space. But I was just like, what hand do we put up for this, Barry? <laughs> this isn't front post, back post. Like, what? what is he going to start lifting a leg? Like, I don't understand how is Jack Hunt going to know when it's that corner? I just, is this one that Hunt skied over the bar? At, oh, yeah, yeah, um, it went nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I, 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 why are it Jack Hunt that we go bit? Why, why, why we why why we caught with such a good corner? <laughs> so I know what we'll do. We'll put we'll we'll, we'll make sure that lad who's got a chance to put ball it back in there is a right back who in two spells for club over a, over a combination of what four or five years has never scored, and he's he's, he's never gonna score a goal for Wednesday. Instead of it being buyers probably. Who, yeah. You know, a bit more quality is probably going to keep it down, but that has gone. We'll talk <laughs> briefly then for Stevie's benefit about Liam Palmer's appearances. He's getting towards what is it now? Three fifty? Has he done? Has he got three fifty? Some, something around that, isn't he? He's up there. He's 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 three, budgeting. Three, four. How many? Three three four. Three three four, and he's Hurst at number twenty with three five eight. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna break that, isn't he? Um, and he's still relatively young. Um, and I've, I've I've been a massive proponent of Liam Palmer being a one club person. I know he's had the loan out at Tranmere. It's about eight years ago now, wasn't it? Um, you know, it's it's become part and parcel of what we do on 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 the podcast now. We take the piss out of me because I think Liam Palmer is a a bit of a, a Wednesday legend. Um, I stand by what I say. I think there's a a place within our club for somebody like a Liam Palmer, um, who has come through the ranks, is a fan, is born and bred. You know, we we always talk about them down the road having a, a Wilder, you know, a, a Chris Wilder, and I just think in ten to fifteen years' time, when Ben's taking his lad or little girl to the game, and he's you know he's he's walking her onto him or her onto the cop, be talking about you know the the the, the, the lad that bled bled blue and white and. Um, came through the ranks and represented however many times he ends up representing. He's the kind of person you'd think would, would potentially go on and, you know, do his badges, become part of the setup behind the scenes and maybe one day take that 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 sort of role. I don't think anybody can um, dispute that based on what he does on the pitch because I don't think what he does on the pitch matters. I think it's about what he is. Um, and he is he's a Wednesday night first and foremost. Um, he, he's born into it, and I just think he, he, just for that, he deserves a little bit more respect. Um, it's great to see him up, up there. Um, it's, it, but it's it's one of those things. I think the the, the point that we made off off, off recording, um, I was actually surprised to see how many games Des Walker was up there. Des Walker is. Uh, you ever you ever played with Des Walker, Steve? You know what? There's there's this thing. Somebody once said that. Des Walker said he was, Stevie Spence is the best centre half partner I've ever had. I've <laughs> played with him at Keep Motor, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Lois love that story when Walt said, What what side do you want to play? Left or right? And I said, oh, well, you're Des Walker. I'll, I'll play whatever side you tell me to play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love you. <laughs> A little bit. But yeah, he, I, I 
as a kid, you know, I think we signed him in 93-ish. Probably. Just, yeah, so we're, we're going back nearly 20-odd years. So at that point, um, you know, yeah, it was 93. Um, we're going back to, to me being at school, and I just thought, and remember him, it was a massive signing at the time, and I never realised how how many games he actually played for the club. You'll try to tell me that in 15, 20 years' time, I'm going to be lining up in midfield alongside Barry Band and going here now. Then <laughs> you'll tell me, Barry. You'll tell me. You, you, you're not dropping back and sitting back. You're going further. Because <laughs> everybody says that you should play further forward. I don't, Barry. I think you, should, I think you, should you can play wherever you want, Mr. Bannon. <laughs> Worst case scenario was if they put you at centre half alongside Tom Lees, then you'd be absolutely <laughs> fucked, wouldn't you? You'd be I running go, all day. I go, hey, 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 tell me how right with a smile on the face and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he's doing dance. <laughs> he does it that night. Injuries will go on too. You know, um, just quickly talking about injuries, do you know what would be really helpful if you were ever to get injured whilst in the workplace and therefore unable to work for quite a while uh, would be some financial advice. And um, our sponsor, Michael Constantine Wealth Management, is able to do such a thing. And I've just realised that we didn't mention him earlier. So getting that one in there. Sorry. Injuries. Another one. Mendes, <sighs> Stephen. Um. Yeah, not ideal, is it? We, you know, we've, we've we've got him in and put him on a pedestal, and rightly so. He's he's been for me one of the better players. I think the the thing is we, we've had that many strong performers over the last month or so in uh, Luongo and Byers coming in and Johnson, as we've mentioned. I think Jack Hunt deserves an honourable mention. Uh, the back line up until Sunday has been really solid, keeping the clean sheets it's kept. Stories coming. Uh, Peacock Farrell, again, although he's had a couple of wobbles here and there, has not been necessarily the best player, but you can't argue with the clean sheets. I think it's it's we've, we've had a lot of strong performances. And I think Mendes Lang, when he's on it and he's in possession of the ball, he's right up there with the players that we've had. So he's going to be a massive miss. Um, I think I've seen that it's only going to be a couple of weeks, potentially. I'm, I'll stand corrected on that. I'm not sure. That's so possibly a month, but I hope it's more two weeks. Yeah, I saw three to four weeks. But obviously, we've managed to get out of last night, that I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Are we that bothered about this Saturday without him? It's more It's more for me. We're going to miss him as an option up top rather than right on the side. You mentioned Jack Hunt. He can come in and do that job at round yeah. and say it's not a problem, but it's more of a another one that can play up front that's now injured for me. That that's where we're gonna miss him. Well, I think the hope is I, I think I've seen a report today um, that Lee Gregory is now he's gone from being weeks away to potentially being touch and go for, for Saturday. I mean, uh, that's up to me, really. <laughs> if Vic will let him out, <laughs> I'll let him <laughs> out of the attic. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a well, lovely time yeah. with Josh, the play Uno. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right in what you say, though, Ben. Um, the, we, I think we mentioned it earlier on tonight. The, the the problem that we've got is that we've got all these striker options, and Moore seems to have absolutely zero faith in any of them. Um, if we're playing Patterson and 
uh, Mendes Lang in front of Cambiri, in front of Sowe, in front of Berahino. Um, it speaks volumes to the, the the dearth of quality that we've got on the bench. And, you know, certainly the last two games, you've looked down the, the, the subs bench, Waldock's now in. Um, I think somebody mentioned that Agbon Tahoma was potentially going to be on the bench last night. He was in and around the squad. Um, that's fine, and I've got no issue with that. But these are lads that three, four weeks ago, even though they're part of the first-team squad, weren't getting anywhere near the matchday squad. And now we're looking down it and we're relying on, you know, players that, and with, with due respect to Brennan, I think he's done fantastically well. With a with a rational head on it, we let Brennan go to Notts County because we, we felt that we had a lot of cover in, in, in that position. And fair play to the lad, he's coming and he's taken his chance and he's done really, really well. Um, but four months ago, he was getting nowhere near our squad this season. And it just goes to the point that we've got so many injuries and we, we you know, it's... It's a thing now, isn't it, where every week we'll put the injured 11 up or the unavailable 11 and people have now start, started dropping Dawson in to finish the outfield 10 because he's on loan at Exeter. We've now got a goalkeeper that we can't pick, but we've got a, a, a squad of players or a, a first 11 of players and beyond that that we can't call upon. And, and it's a problem. It's a massive problem. I mean, I, I know I speak to the girls at her game too and stuff, and I probably should have done my homework before I did this. Um, but like Dan mentioned tonight... Oh, have we talked to him yet? I don't know if we have yet. But so Dan the Doncaster fan da, 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 mentioned tonight, obviously, that they've been really, really struggling with injuries and they've like lost a lot of players. And I think, is it just us or does every club have this? Because we just seem to do it to the extreme, don't we? Yeah, like, I, I think I think it's it's something that every club's having at the moment with amount of fixtures, but not to the extent that, that we're doing it. And it's... It's every couple of years now. And then there's got to be a reason, hasn't there? Like, it's I know... Blow me the wood road up and start again. Yeah. There's, there's it no does make me to... wonder if it's on concrete or something, if there's a reason. I, I know a lot of injuries, you know, Mendes Langs, it happened at Hillsborough, but it's more, it, it's more, it's more than just that. But... It, I know we spoke about it probably a couple of weeks ago, and I don't want... A couple of weeks ago. We yeah. did talk about it a couple of weeks ago. It, um, it, we, there's one common denominator, and that is where where players are training day in, day out. And, and it's been something that's been said by managing Chris Turner 20 years ago, whatever, mentioned something about Middlewood Road not being great for players. And not much has been done about it. Whether it's, it's strange right or... because of the piece of land that's valuable land. Like, look at those apartments that they sold before because it's right on a tram stop. And I don't understand why, with this side of Sheffield as well, like Bram um, Sheffield United's training ground is up at Shirecliff, it's near mm -hmm. Tip. Um, Billy Sharp has to be careful if he goes left or right because one way he's in with Carthorne, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but I don't understand this side of town is cheap land. Like there's got to be a massive plot of land somewhere that we could afford to buy for 10 times less than what Middlewood Road is worth. And we can carry that chuffing dome thing on the back of a lorry, can't we? Like that's not... Yeah, them up here where they've said about putting, mm. putting a new ground up near Thorpe Cricket Club, up near Motorway. And Thorpe's only 10 minutes, Thorpe Hesley from Hillsborough. And it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be attractable to a lot of players, like new players, because it's straight down motorway, depending yeah. on... Yeah, or near Skulls, where half of them live. So, you're laughing either way. Not around here. 
The, well, Forestieri was in skulls, I think. Bannon might be. No. Forestieri nearly come to Thorpe, I think, at one point. Oh, he's in, he was in skulls. He definitely bought. Mm. I've seen the house. Anyway, anyway. That's anyway, not yeah. But there is. Thought. There's land around here. There's land like... There's a reason that big building things happen at this side of town, like your pretty little thing warehouse that is like the equivalent of like a mile long on the M1. Meadow Hall... You know, it's there's all those sorts of buildings here because it's cheap land. Like, if it is the ground, the training ground, if it is the ground that it's built on, surely now we've got to start looking at something. Mm. I just to 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 offer a balanced sort of argument against that. I just think that if it was happening, and that's the 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 the, the problem, we haven't had injuries to Bannon. We haven't had injuries to Palmer. You know, we've had players in previously, and I think I mentioned when we talked about this previous a few weeks ago, and it was I've actually had injuries to them. Not, 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 not long-standing not, ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, you know, we're, we're talking. We, when we talk our injury crisis, we're talking about John Jules coming in, playing fifteen minutes, and being out for two, three months. That's a problem. And people <laughs> turn and go, it, "It's the Wednesday curse. It's, it's this." Gibson has played what, however many minutes he's played. And we've retained him and he's still, what, two months away from, from getting anywhere near. That baffles me, but that's another that's another dis discussion point. However, he, he must be a hell of a player, by the way, if we've kept him on loan. Um, because if he's fit, or, or going to be fit this season, based on what they're saying, it's going to be April time before, you know, he's going to be fit in time for a running. Um, by which point are we going to ease him in for the last two, three games? Makes no sense to me, but that's another point. Um, I just think... I was going to. It's actually Simon made the point a couple of a couple of weeks ago that maybe getting somebody like Paul Smith back on and actually drilling down into it and seeing what they think from their perspective, their point of view, is there somebody or somebody that knows something that, that that's going on behind the scenes? Is there a feeling at the club that there is an issue with the training ground? I think that's something that'd be really interesting to unpack. Yeah, I agree. I think um, we all know, you know, Paul Smith. Leads blue and white, doesn't he? He'd be yeah. desperate to help. We didn't seem to. It, a lot of the injury problems did seem to come once Carlos had got rid of him. I wonder if Paul's put a spell on it. <laughs> Either that, or he was just very good at his job. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. dad was. His get dad him helped. Get him both back. Back. Get him yeah, both old back. Alan. When um, when my mum was pregnant with me, my mum and dad. It's a long story, but they they tried for years. They couldn't have a baby, so they bought a Porsche. And then my mum got pregnant and couldn't get out of this Porsche. So my dad went to try and help her out of it one day and pulled all of his back to the point that he literally couldn't move. And Alan Smith sorted him within six weeks. So there you go. He's a, he's a miracle worker. Goes, Alan, Alan goes to my gym. He's a, he's a good bloke. He's always... This is like that tweet today, isn't it? Like tenuous yeah. like links to Sheffield Wednesday. Goes out of his way to, you know, to say hello to everybody and smile on his face and... You know, one of my earliest memories of, of um, going to Hillsbury is watching Alan Smith and running onto the pitch with his legs running twice as fast as he was. <laughs> it was he was very cool. Barry Bannon-esque, wasn't yes. he, when you think back? <laughs> right, so we've covered injuries to players, injuries to Vic's dad. We'll cover injuries to Cat now. Oh, Foxy. Mm. It's expensive. It is, but I tell you what, right, the amount of people that have said it's all a scam and all this, right? Yeah. My chuffing dog over here, who's been a nightmare, 
She's had um, a problem with her back hip. She's half Springer, so she's always going to have problems with her back hip. Um, so she's insured and her insurance is costly for that reason. But she had to have um, x-rays a couple of years ago because she really hurt her back hip. And then she had to have an, intru like an, an intrusive diagnostic operation. So basically they cut her open to see if there was anything they could do following these x-rays. They cut her open, found this lump, it wasn't an issue, sewed it back up, four and a half grand. And it was a 28 minute operation because I've still got the chuffing invoice, four and a half thousand pounds. Fortunately, like I said, she is, you know, she is covered. But it is expensive. But we also, we live in a country that doesn't pay for our own healthcare the majority of the time. We have no like concept of what these things cost. And I think the people saying, oh, why isn't the vet doing it for free? I'm sorry. <laughs> if someone said to me, you work for a university, why don't you go and do the marketing? Then piss off. It's my job. Like he's got to earn his money. It's his job. He's spent fortunes. Vets train longer than doctors. Like he has spent a fortune training. It, it like 10 grand, yeah. For but the amount of people that have fundraised so far is incredible. It was at about five thousand pounds last night, which is amazing. I, I, looks, that, that I think is... I've seen tonight they've, they've cleared it. Have they not cleared it? Have they? They hit oh, the ten. I'm sure I've seen that they've hit the ten. Which That's is wonderful correct. because it shows I'm not a cat person at all. But no. you know, you imagine that though. You you can't go missing for eight months. <laughs> Turn it back up with a ten grand bill. You think, off you go. Go again. Yeah, see you later. The best it was when it was on, because I was, um, oh no, how do I say it now? I wasn't at the game. I was watching it in my mind whilst listening to listening Radio Sheffield. Yeah, I was listening to it in my mind. But when I saw the cat run on, I thought, I know that cat. <laughs> like, and obviously, I live really nearby. And I messaged like neighbour group chat, and I was like, "Look at this cat on telly! Isn't that a cat that's on our road?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's right, cute. I always feed it." So when I found out that obviously it's been missing for nearly a year, I messaged the owner, and I was like, "Just so you know, we've all been feeding it and looking after it. It's not been in any trouble." And she said that put her at ease. Um, like, I'm just going to try and find out if they've raised it or not. Right, we'll we'll move. Well, let's look at that. We'll move on because we've covered injuries now to pretty much everyone. Um, They've cleared it. Ten thousand nine hundred thirty-one pounds. That really? is amazing. That's like how nice. Hmm. In what two days? Yeah, it will have been, won't it? Yeah, February fifteenth. Yeah, two days. Ten thousand nine hundred thirty-one pounds. I don't know if there's. Um, any massive donations in there. I saw Barry Bannon gave £300, which tends to be a standard amount for him. So I do wonder if that's like some sort of appearance fee or, you know, like that he says, right, I'll donate my appearance fee to that or whatever it is. But yeah, big amount. Right, we'll uh, talk briefly about last night that didn't happen, Accrington. What, what, what's really going on with the pitch, Steve? Because we, a matter of six... Six years ago, seven years ago, we were meant to have spent a million pounds on it. But is it the fact that we spent that money there and then, then haven't haven't sort of kept up with the, the overlay of it? I suppose. I don't know, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shut this one down. If I'm honest with you, I don't really care. Uh, I'll be honest. It rained a lot this week, and there were lots of water on the pitch, and the pitches have a lot of hammer. Um, it, cut, it, it didn't look the best on Sunday. It was cutting up. 
you know, people are going to be negative about it and say, well, we've not maintained the pitch, we've not looked after it, we've got this problem, that problem, the other problem. There's probably elements of truth in that, but controversially, I think in the grand scheme of things, when we've had point deductions hanging over his heads and we've had we've had to cut costs and we've had, you know, a, a chairman who puts his name on the stand and he puts his name in uh, on on the shirts and he buys the ground offers and he creates some sort of yeah, on the bog roll next, won't it? He, he, he creates a phantom taxi firm because he's he's throwing <laughs> bad money after the worst. Um, at the end of the day, is it actually any surprise that we've not maintained or not been able to maintain the pitch to the extent that it needed maintaining? We probably yeah, we we spent a million on it uh, under Carlos, wasn't it? It was it was when he first came in. Yeah, um, I think we've had it up since then and, and relayed it at least once. I'm sure uh, it was done over the summer. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. And, and, and you know what? It'll happen again. And I credit credit to the ground staff that, that are working with uh, one hand tied behind the back. But the, the, the reality is we've, we've seen a lot of football at Hillsborough over the last month and a half, well, month or so, uh, the games that we, we, we've been playing. Um, it, it, it's had some hammer and the weather's been shit. So yeah, shit weather and lots of football on a pitch means that the pitch will get cut up. You could go anywhere and see that. As far as I'm concerned, I, I don't think it was an issue. Um, the bigger issue was the, the the length of time it took to call the game off. Mm. And having read a couple of reports today, I think that was attributed to the fact that they wanted Accrington to come in and actually see that the, the the state of the pitch. Um, I don't understand why it takes 45 minutes to throw a ball on a pitch and realise it's not rolling. But by all accounts, I think they wanted, is it Coleman, their manager? Yeah. They wanted Coleman in to come and have a look at it and say, look, we're not taking a piss. You've come all this way. Um, this pitch ain't playable. Um, and that'd be that. So it, it, it's a, sorry, it's a non-story as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's it was a, a story for those who travelled from Accrington, wasn't it? Because it, it's a ball ache of a journey that at the best of times, but to be doing it, at 4pm. And the lad who, you tweeted it today, Vic. That, oh, that, yeah, but I've deleted it because I've had nothing but abuse, so... Are you kidding? No. <laughs> what, because somebody's travelled 300... Look at this slag trying to get someone a freebie. Oh, Honestly, I'm a right slag. Um, but, yeah, it was. I think it was for the people who travelled from Accrington. You know, it's, it's it's like Blackburn Way, isn't it? I've been over there before to a spa. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a long way. You have to go through like Cliff Row and everywhere to get there. So driving through that in that weather, they must have known on the way and thought, Jesus, yeah. driving through the high peak in that weather, you'd think, nah, just turn around. I feel um, for them. I do feel for them. It's football though, isn't it? It I is. I feel for them. But, you know, people are going, there's, there's, a, there's an issue and, a, you know, there, there's problems with the pitch and let's deconstruct it and let's get into it. No, it's, it's, it's mother nature. I it's sent you my garden last night, didn't I? I went out to you for your, your garden. Your, your garden was very wet last night. But... <laughs> um, I went out. I have got AstroTurf and it's very well drained and it's all positioned to an angle on the, like, because you have to have it done it a certain way because it's lethal uh, land. Um, and that was sodden. Sodden. So, yeah. Right. Also, uh, Will Kerr, uh, sorry, Jason Kerr donated £100 to Topsy. Right, we've, we've shut that one down anyway about the pit, so it will wet, end of. Um, <laughs> Doncaster. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. So I'm guessing we're, we're editing this in halfway through. You've been listening to the Wednesday Week podcast. We've now got the, the visitors 
uh, section on. We've got Dan, uh, a Doncaster fan, got his own Doncaster podcast. How are, you? How are you, Dan? I'm good, mate. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Um, yeah, what what's happening with Doncaster then? From an outsider's perspective, not very, not very. It's not very good. But you've had a couple of better results in the last month or so. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough twelve months to be a Donny fan. To be fair, so ever since Ben Whiteman left and, and Darren Moore left us to, to go to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it's, it's it's not really been positive viewing. Um, I think at that time we were a couple of points off the top, games in hand, and now we're staring Lee to smack bang in the face after a terrible 12 months where we've just not really been able to sort of get any momentum or consistency other than, other than poor results. But like you say, over the last couple of weeks, we've managed to pull performances and results out of nowhere against MK Dons. Sunderland and then Lincoln on Tuesday. So looking at those fixtures that we've had over the last couple of weeks, I didn't expect getting nine points. So yeah, maybe we've turned a corner, but we've got frailties like we showed against Portsmouth getting beat 4-0. So it's one of those games where I think if Chef Wednesday turn up on Saturday, we could uh, we could see another hammering, but you, you never know with Donny at the minute. We never you know either, do you? No. <laughs> you mentioned Darren Moore there, Dan, and I know it's a sore subject. And I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on it really because obviously we Rotherham's not a derby we'll say Donny's a derby um so he has gone to not only a league rival but obviously a local team um and left you I mean at the time we were all buzzing about it and we talked about it on the podcast and stuff but I kind of mentioned like he's got this nice man in football appeal everyone's going on about how wonderful he is but he absolutely left you in the shitter didn't he <laughs> it did a little bit, yeah. Um, but I think I think the board have got to take some accountability for, mm-hmm. for the situation and the, the position that we were left in as well. Um, I think the back to Darren in terms of his transfer philosophy, bringing young loanees in, and some of them were really exciting. You look at Taylor Richards, a very good player. John Jules, I think he's at your guys now, but he's injured. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's a good player. Yeah, we've, we've um, killed him off already. Yeah. But to be honest, I can't. There's, there's no hard feelings from me. Uh, with the manager going elsewhere. He went to a championship team at the time. There's no two ways about it. Chef Wednesday are a massive team. Um, they've got a massive fan base. And if you put Chef Wednesday next to Doncaster Rovers, if you've got the choice as a manager to manage one or the other, you, you're going to go with Chef Wednesday. Um, and I'm guessing the financial package was, was much better than what we were offering as well. So from a professional and a career point of view, I can't fault him, but it does hurt a little bit the way that, the way that he left us, yeah. It did seem quite just all of a sudden that he kind of, we'd not even Nobody knew about his name. No, we had a, I, I remember him very well as a player, um, yeah. but I just, I'd not even considered him in my pile of people that might possibly be coming. And then all of a sudden it was announced and I really kind of felt for you guys because I was like, as, as a side that were just on the up, I thought if that had happened to us when we had Carlos and we were sat in the playoffs or whatever else, I'd have been absolutely horrified if he'd have gone to Doncaster, you know, who else are local rivals, Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, it, I think I remember in January there were there were there were talks about it. Free press asked him straight up about it, or it was it was Radio Sheffield one or one or the other um, asked him straight up about the potential move over to Chef Wednesday. And something that sticks in my mind is he, he didn't he didn't say it wasn't happening. He kind of he never put it off of the table. So and that was early January before Ben Whiteman left and then Ben Whiteman leaving, I think that was a massive impact for us. And then we had a, a run of results in February where we didn't win a game and then after the Ipswich game, he just he, he left. So 
I think there were there was an undercurrent for a little bit, but like you say, it was I think from if you weren't inside the club or kind of watching what all the press and everything what was coming out about Donny Rovers, you probably wouldn't have really noticed it. So yeah, kind of out of the blue if you were in the Donny Rovers circles, really. And looking towards Saturday, then Dan, um, you got a couple of injuries. I'd seen a couple. Yeah, we've. We've been as bad as you guys for injuries this season. We've had long-term key players out, and I think that has impacted um, Richie Wellens at the start of the season. But recruitment has been poor. Um, some of the players just haven't haven't shown the abilities that we thought that they would. Uh, but you look at the likes of Ben Close; he's not played too many games. John Bostock, Bayokanbiri; he's not played a single game. John Taylor's played one or two games. These are players who walk straight into our first team, and they've just not had a run of games or any sort of consistency. And, I mean, I think I'm speaking to converted in terms of key players with injuries, so you guys know exactly what I'm on about. Um, I think I think we had John Bostock at one point and got him injured straight away, didn't we? <laughs> didn't he only play like three or four times? And Yeah, isn't, isn't, I, I think we've got a, a squad full of injury-prone players. Um, Tom Anderson, he, he's a big miss at the back, captain. Um, he's been out for a while. Uh, well, Cameron John. So the the list is endless. It's it's ridiculous the amount of injuries that we've had. Um, it is but... testament to the league as well, though, isn't it? Because we've talked about this before, and we think, you know, we say, oh, Sheffield Wednesday's huge, and blah blah blah. You know, they were when I was going at three year old. They're not now, and I think we have to. We kind of we forget that we're in a league that you're not going to be getting your twenty five year old star strikers wanting to play for. You are going to get guys at the end of the career or guys who are always in and out of the treatment room, who or Oh crap players really there's not really much else is there like when you look at our squad I think as an average age-wise it's probably the oldest we've had in years and years I think the majority are over 30 of our starting 11 um which makes me feel very old but (laughs) like you say I think that's what you get at this league you either get a a really young team because we're we're on the opposite end of the scale at the minute we've got a really young inexperienced team and I think you, you need a good balance where you've got experienced heads pulling them youngsters through. Um, I mean, me and Stevie know about it. We're, we're no youngsters, but when you've got professionals pulling you through in, in that game, it does, it does make a difference. I think you can kind of pull um, comparisons with that in terms of an experienced player at this level helping a youngster who's come down on loan from, from the Premier League or Championship. But yeah, you, you, you tend to scrape the bottom of the barrel when you're in this level of football. Well, no, you've, you've obviously, we, we've talked and alluded to the, the teams that you've beaten over the last sort of six, seven weeks. And you've gone from being where you are at the start of the season and having Wellens in, obviously having lost more, you've now got McSheffrey. And what do you make of the job that McSheffrey's doing at the minute? If you look statistically, it's, it's not much better off than what Andy Butler or McSheffrey's been, uh, or Wellens have been, sorry, at the start of the season. Um, we're still not winning too many games, but what I do see is a little bit more of a, Karma persona about him. Um, Richie Wellens came out and he was he, he split no airs. If there was somebody who wasn't performing um, in training or or, or or whatever, I mean Thiago Chakur for an example. As soon as he came in, Richie said that he was overweight. And I think there's a lot of man management in football, and I see a lot of good man management from McSheffrey. I think the recruitment has been okay um, in January. I still think we're short of physicality within the team. Um, but he's only had one window. So I think we've got to give him that time, regardless of if we drop down to League Two or manage to miraculously survive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think 
I'm seeing positive things building under McSheffrey and, and, and Sinclair. So if I'm if, if I'm rocking up at the Eco Power on Saturday and I'm I'm being a Wednesday fan going, right, who's the player that I need to be looking out for? Who's your go-to guy that I'd need to be looking for? Who's the person that you think is gonna give you that sort of that 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 opportunity to get something out of the game? I think at the minute um, we've got Josh Martin on loan from Norwich. He didn't have a good game on on Tuesday, but from what I've seen of him, he's got really good technical ability on the ball and he can find passes and he can create space from from literally nothing. Um, and with Rio Griffiths from Leon, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't understand that one myself, um, but he, he seems like he's wanting to to run in behind. So I think a combination of those two, if if you keep them quiet, you'll you'll probably come away with something. And before you go then, Dan, um, I'll let Stevie and yourself do a bit of that promoting the uh, the charity game. Stevie never first, Stevie. Me? Do you want me to go first? I, I think I mentioned at the back end of last week's pod, um, for those of you that have heard me uh, alluding to a charity game that I'm playing in, um, obviously I'm representing Sheffield Wednesday this year. Dan will be representing uh, Donny Rovers. We're looking to, to raise as much money as possible. Um, I think we've played against each other now three, Twice. four times. Twice, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, have you won yet? Yeah, 7-2 seven, seven, <laughs> against Leeds. <laughs> It's one. Oh, that, that was a long afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so the, the game's the 7th of May. Um, it's for a, a, a cancer charity in Doncaster called Eve Merton's Dream Trust. Um, as we said, we're, we're looking to raise as much money as possible um, to try and support that charity. We're, we're, we're both invested in it and it means a, a hell of a lot to us sort of personally. Um, I know that, that Dan's going to be uh, at the game on Saturday um, doing his own little bit of fundraising, so I'll hand over to him now. Yeah, so cheers, Steve. I echo everything that you say. We are massively invested in the charity. It does some great work in and around Doncaster. Um, and yeah, it's just about raising as much as we can to, to help that charity. So I'll be selling raffle tickets around the Bellevue Bar before the game. Pound a ticket, £500 at winner. £500 goes to charity. So if you if you want a raffle ticket or you just want to donate, every single penny is appreciated. It really is. Magic. Very good. Right, well, uh, do you have any idea who's playing yet, guys? Before we cut you off, no, they keep they keep it quiet until a couple of months before it's like four or five weeks before they start announcing the ex pros. So, we're not going to see a center back party of Stevie Spence and Des Walker again because that's something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, to be honest. <laughs> well, whoever it was that dropped the tweet earlier on the uh, the Wednesday claim to fame on our Twitter account, what's your that claim to me. fame? It's, it's been absolutely everything inside me to not put I want to play centre-half with Des Walker. <laughs> Enjoy it, mate. Get, get pictures posted and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. We've spoke to Dan now. I imagine we're, we're back from Dan. Um, to Doncaster. Stevie, what are we thinking? Um, it's a banana skin, isn't it? Potentially, um, it's the, it, it's these games that I think, having said everything we've said about Rotherham and talked over the last few weeks about the better sides, it's your Rotherhams and your sorry, your Doncasters, your Gillinghams, your your uh, your Cheltenhams, the teams that are going to be bothering us. 
excuse me. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as we expect it to be or, you know, people are, are, who would look at, at the league table and think that it's it's going to be a, a cakewalk necessarily. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think we're going to have to go in there and earn the right. I think they will have a entitlement's not the word. They will have a siege mentality. I think when we get there, they'll, they'll be there'll be a partisan crowd there there'll be lots of people that are you know on on more for the way and the circumstances as we've we've talked about tonight with with, with Dan from 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 Donny um I don't think it's necessarily going to be you know as straightforward as we think it is they've they've proven that they can get points off decent sides and teams that are up, up and around us at the minute so I think we're, we're going to have to go in there and the, the the leveler at the moment is the number of injuries that we've had so if we can scrape a victory how, however we do it by whatever means necessary I'll be satisfied on Saturday Vic uh, Yeah I'd agree with all that um, I think like you said they've got a point to prove I don't think there's anyone in that squad that particularly stands out I don't think I would know anybody. I don't think I'm worried. I think we will beat them. It, it would just when you mentioned Rio Griffiths, he had a, a, a good game against Sunderland. I think he got one or two goals against Sunderland when they beat him. Um, he's probably the one that, that I'd have picked out to probably look out for. But as you say, we the the saving grace. Just going back to we've got out. The saving grace is that we've still got Touchwood. I'm not. Kirsten is here, but we've still got Bannon Byers Luonga, which is if we're going to have any chance of catching the top top two or solidifying a playoff place, keeping them three fit is going to be going to be massive to that. Yeah, you're bang right on that one, and you've also mentioned Griffiths. I think there's we, we've and it's not ideal because I don't think he's going to be fit Hutch, but we've got Palmer in there. Stories coming in has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've got two lads in there at centre-half at the moment that have been with Hutch. I, I believe Hutch might be struggling for the weekend, but, um, you know, we've, we've talked about Brennan coming in and taking his chance. We've got players that can go and fill that sort of void in at, at, at centre-half. Um, our back line has been decent um, and I don't worry about necessarily a player like Griffiths coming in. I think, story we, we we've not mentioned him too much in sort of in focus if you like on the podcast we, we we've sort of spoken positively about him but i think in story we've got a, a hell of a player at this level so i think if we've got him in the back line i'll talk about palmer all day long i think we'll, we'll be all right on Saturday. yeah i agree and we'll finish off with stevie's stats playoffs can we get them how many points do we need top two uh, you throw this one at me. Let me let me get me stats. <laughs> um, them in the bath. I wasn't. They weren't in the bath. They were on the sofa in the dark. To be fair, um, we're at that point when we need to maybe start thinking about where we are in terms of points. How many points we've got? And it actually started with looking at the running that we've got, um, or the next sort of run of games that we've got. And over the next ten games, I think we only play two teams that are in the top half at the minute. Um, one being Burton. And one being Bolton, we played Burton on the 1st of March. And I think we played Bolton right down in sort of April 9th. And obviously the, the league will change and teams will fall away. But if you look at the league as it stands at the moment, on paper, our next 10 games are, you know, winnable games. So I think we're sitting on 52 odd points, is it? 52 points we've got at the moment. Um, if we can go and get another 
say we win eight of those games, that puts us on 52 and 24. PE teacher <laughs> 76 odd points out of the next 10 games. Um, if we can do that, um, I, I, I looked at the threshold for getting into the playoffs. The, six, the, the, the team that finished sixth over the last five seasons finished with 74, 73, 71 points. Um, you'd have to go all the way down to 2015 to find Chesterfield, who finished on 69 points. Um, so that running, if we can get points off that running, I think the point that we're making is based on um, the last sort of five, six seasons, not including the season that was curtailed because of COVID, obviously. Um, if we can we, we can have a strong run at that with games still to play after that, we're, we're going to at least secure a playoff spot. And I think that's something that's very much in our hand at the moment. Um, whether or not we can secure second is obviously out of our hands because I think that's for Wigan to throw away at the minute. But Wigan have got a lot of games to play with some injuries. They're, they're, they're going to get a congested fixture list and how they cope with it and how they deal with it. I've, having seen Wigan, I didn't think they were that good, to be honest with you, from you know when, when we played against them the other week. Um, so if we can keep doing what we're doing, um, I think we're certainly in with a shout for getting into the playoffs, if not. You know, keep pushing and try and end with a bit of positivity, um, and, and and maybe be be in and around second place. Agreed. Do we have any other business before we wrap up? I don't believe so. Oh yes, yes we do. Hold on, one second, because I don't want to get the name wrong. Um, lost my internet. Uh, sending love um, to the family and friends of Steve Burtonshaw, who has passed away. Um, Exiles manager before all of our time, even Stevie's time. Um, back in the seventies. <laughs> back in the seventies. Um, um, back in the seventies, and obviously was at Arsenal for about a decade. Um, just sending best wishes to his family. He was 86, bless him, good innings, but it's never nice to lose somebody. So just sending love from the podcast. Yeah. Very good. Right, we'll leave it there. We'll be back next week. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.